0: Honestly, the, the, what's at the actual root of it is a deep-seated belief that whatever it is that I decide I want to do, mm-hmm. I'm going to be successful at it, period.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to B-Squared C, a podcast celebrating the stories of women of color in the corporate world. I am your host, Nancy, and I hope everyone is safe and sane, wherever you're listening to this from. I'm now bringing you the interviews I parked a few weeks back to acknowledge what was going on in Nigeria and across Africa in general. And today, I'm super excited to introduce you all to Ania Keme Omo i am pretty sure i'm saying her name wrong right now because i apparently said it four different ways in the interviews but i'm gonna keep going anya Kemir brings me so much joy whenever i talk to her she's one of my many Niger sisters that i hold so dear to my heart and like most of us she has had an interesting year she had her opportunity for advancing her career, her dream opportunity wiped out by COVID-19. And then she started something, working on something else. And unlike most people in this pandemic, actually, she quit it because it did not fit her. But this is actually quite character- characteristic of Anya Keme. She takes on more risk than the average person of color because she believes in what she calls life hacking, and you'll hear more about it in our conversation. There's also so much joy and laughter in this episode too, so I hope you can catch the energy with us. Have a listen to Anya Keme's story. Oh my God, Anya Kameh, Hi. 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 How are you? It's been entirely too long. It really has. It's so good to
0: see you. It's good to see you too, girl. You look good. <laughs> Thank you. Is that LA son? You know? <laughs> is it oh, is this your COVID look?
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, people are not gonna see like images of this actually.
0: <laughs> it's podcast.
1: And <laughs> they should know, y'all should know already. Any camera looks amazing. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness. You're too kind, Desi. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, but welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Peace squared Seam. Thank you
0: for having me. Guys, thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Um, uh, as you know, we're podcast celebrating stories of women of color in the corporate world like you, and I have known you for a couple of years now, and I am a huge fan. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of all things Anya Kemen. I'm a huge Instagram Yay. follower of Anya Kemen. <laughs> 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 You're happy, to be don't you? Uh-uh. You killed us during your B-school days. We're like, is this <laughs> woman in
0: school or not? <laughs> good times, good times.
1: That is what b is for, though. That's <laughs> two
0: years, honestly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we get too far, let's start by already introducing you to the audience. So I'm going to give you the mic right now. Introduce yourself in three things, anecdotes, or stories that define Anye Keme. As, am I saying that right? Yeah. Anye Anye Keme? Keme. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: All right. Okay. Three stories really quick. Um, well, one, I, I'm technically an engineer. Ooh. I studied engineering at Columbia and I actually got in to a general engineering program. And when I got to Columbia, I was like, what is the most difficult engineering major? Let me do that <laughs> one. <laughs> so no one could ever like question how you know, smart I was or anything like that. So mm-hmm
1: now we (laughs) all now.
0: Second, I've always been super, super passionate about fashion. I grew up in Nigeria. I grew up around fashion in Nigeria. I started a fashion blog when I was in college in New York. Mm -hmm. I was actually after business school supposed to do a luxury fashion research program in Milan pre-COVID. And so Fortunately, that didn't happen, but mm-hmm. it still tells a lot about me and my interests. <laughs>
1: of course, and I'm going to love uh, hearing about that later on, so we're going to get into it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think the third thing that really, really describes who I am, especially from a professional perspective, is I'm very much the type of person who will just burn the ships at the dock, mm-hmm. so I don't care much for a safety net necessarily okay and so I will turn down things um or say no to things once I know that they're not what I want so for example I turned down a consulting sponsorship for business school even though I had no idea how I was going to pay for school right I turned down a banking full-time offer even though I didn't have anything Else lined up, and even going through the recruiting process post school, I just I would I didn't take the first job that I got. I just kept turning things down because I was like, this right. is not this is just not it. It's not um, what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I recognize that that's not a typical way that people behave. And no, that's what no, really like especially <laughs>
1: not like black immigrants. <laughs> At all, like was your was your family just like flabbergasted with you? <laughs>
0: Honestly, I just had a family call. <laughs> I can not
1: believe I used an 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 SAT word. <laughs>
0: <It's just> flabbergasted, <laughs> I said flabbergasted, <laughs> but that accurately describes how my family feels sometimes. They're like, what are you doing? Just- <laughs> what are you doing? It's all right, I got it under control. It's all good. It's all good got it. You got it.
1: Oh my God. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I think it, it describes you so well. <laughs> I'm going to put a pin on that story about burning ships in the dark. Cause I want to talk about that. Cause again, like you already said, that's so unique and it takes a certain kind of person uh, and personality to do things like that with uh, sort of the options that we're always up against. Let's talk about your passion what are you what are you passionate
0: about i'm really passionate about a lot of things but at the bottom of it it's this desire to want to keep learning okay and then that manifests itself in so many different ways it's i'm really passionate about meeting new people i'm passionate about Mm -hmm. trying new things and that's one aspect of it i'm also really interested in fashion like i mentioned before right and then creativity overall Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm the arts, theater, all of that stuff—I really, really, really enjoy. And I'm passionate about just like hacking life and like mm-hmm. helping people like think about things in a different way. In the process of also helping myself think about. Of
1: course, things. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, tell me about the moments where you have hacked life. Ooh.
0: <laughs> I- <laughs> some
1: examples of that
0: (laughs) examples of how i hacked life well i think i guess i would have to describe what i mean by hacking life please go ahead Mm -hmm. so i feel like in order for society to function we've set up rules for how things work or how things will likely work or turn out and so if something doesn't fit that mold we're like no that's not gonna work or you're kind of crazy to think that you can do this, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so when I say hacking life, I mean doing something that maybe a majority of people or an expert in that field will would, would say to you that you probably can't do. Right. Um, the only the the quickest example that just came to my mind was just even just business school application for me. Mm-hmm. I know that before I before I got into the Young African MBAs business school prep program that you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you lead Chelsea. Yeah. (laughs) I had spoken to, um, a consultant at the biggest, uh, most prestigious MBA consulting Mm -hmm. for her to evaluate my candidacy because I was considering using their services and Mm -hmm. she right it was like you are not qualified to like you're not going to get into a top business school you're too young mm-hmm. you have like barely any experience like it's just not gonna happen right and I just thought that that was ridiculous <laughs> <And> <laughs> it
1: was <very> wrong. <laughs> yes, that's not how you felt about it
0: no and I think that sometimes you you listen to what people like that say because she she's an expert Right. She's done this for so many people. So it would have been easy for me to be like, God, maybe I need an extra year. Maybe I need to do something else. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And I bring that up or I bring Hacking Life in general up on this podcast, because as a woman of color in the United States, I think that there's so many things that are difficult to believe that you can do because you haven't seen other people do it. Right and this idea of hacking life is just like it doesn't matter whether it's been done before it doesn't matter if you've seen it happen Mm -hmm. before all that matters is if you have the conviction that you can do it and you can make it happen that's all you need
1: that is amazing have you heard of uh, so they say it's a relatively new podcast it's called the brown print have you heard of it
0: Oh, I have not.
1: Ah, I'm going to send it to you after this. So it's uh, <laughs> Carrie Champion, and she's interviewing all of these different, like, women of color, right, about how they've gotten to where they are. And they're all, like, you know, top names in business and in their different industries. So, so far, he's, she's interviewed, like, Bozoma St. John, Jamel Hill. Mm-hmm. um Yeah, yeah, some crazy names. And the premise of it, right, is that we've been told that there's a blueprint, but we've since known that it doesn't work for us, right, as people of color. So we're going to create a brown print.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that.
1: It's <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Like, I'll, say, I'll send you the brown print afterwards so you can listen to <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have a lot of downtime now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, great. So fashion and technology, what mm-hmm. is that about? What is your interest in that area and how has that manifested in your um, life?
0: I'm really interested in just, like you said, this intersection of fashion and technology. Mm-hmm. So a lot of industries are very quickly adopted technology mm-hmm. and fashion has notoriously been lagging behind on that front. Right. So there's, there's a lot of ways that the industry can benefit from adopting emerging technologies. And it's beginning to, and it's been accelerated because of COVID. COVID, mean, yes. And retail stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and so given my background, you know, as as an engineer, as someone who worked in technology before business school, as someone who's been interested and in, kind of in the fashion space, mm-hmm. that intersection was a space that I felt I would be uniquely qualified to Contribute to right and so I mean I started writing very briefly about that space you know talking mm-hmm. about some of the technologies that are that are revolutionizing the industry ranging from you know 3D design mm-hmm. AR VR um, fit analytics and then also to- talking about the different companies that are using them and what's interesting, an aspect of the whole landscape that I'm very interested in is also just the ecosystem that's supporting all of those companies. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so talking about like the VCs and the accelerators, the incubators that exist to enable those startups that are using technology to advance fashion. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: That's that's interesting because you didn't just uh, triggered me to that uh, fashion show that went viral a few months back.
0: Yeah, Hanifah.
1: Hanifa, Yeah, yeah. That was that was incredible right. in, in in some ways. So that is so that you're thinking about that. You're looking at that lens, right? Of like, how can we use technology for like, yeah, advancing the fashion industry in that way.
0: Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, what do you think? is going to be the next big thing in this space?
0: What I think personally is that the next big thing is going to be the utilization of data in exciting ways. So because of a lot of the shifting consumer preferences with things like sustainability um, and just the way that clothing is sourced and the way that fashion runs in general mm-hmm. i think that companies who are able to use data in a way to either make their fit like clothing mm-hmm. fit more representative of their actual customers indeed indeed <laughs> if they're able to use data to figure out the way to message their offerings and their value proposition to mm-hmm. customers in a way that they can in a way that they can receive it, they use, yeah, engage, they're able to use data in a way to drive this new form of how fashion shows of the future might look. Mm-hmm. I think that data mm-hmm. is actually the bedrock of any form of next phase of fashion. And this is just my take.
1: Indeed. That.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, and you're going to be in Italy, right, studying, like, parts of this project. So tell us about that opportunity. How did it come about? What were you going to be doing? I know it's, it's traumatic for you to talk about it because it didn't, it didn't happen. I would have loved to see you in Europe. <laughs> I would have definitely come to visit. We know? could have been hanging out so hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, what was, uh, what was that opportunity about? So um, Wharton, where I went to business school, has a partnership with Start Bocconi, Mm -hmm. which is a a business school in Milan. And Bocconi has a number of programs, including the one that I was accepted into, which is an independent study program.
1: Okay. Sort Mm -hmm. of
0: pick what your topic of inquiry is mm-hmm. you spend i think 6 to 8 weeks in milan doing research on that topic establoconi is an established an established institution in the luxury fashion space so they have right. a lot of connections with the big maisons in in milan mm-hmm. and so my goal in that program was to investigate uh sustainability and reverse logistics in okay. luxury fashion, and to use that as you know, a way to you know pivot my career into something in that space
1: right 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 right, right.
0: but because of covid that That is no longer happening, didn't happen, and will not be happening.
1: Oh, my gosh. So what did you do in the meantime?
0: What did you
1: end up getting into?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when that, you know, when COVID happened and the program got canceled, I realized I needed to find some other way to tell my story Mm -hmm. in a way that would be convincing for someone who's making a a career pivot and so and this is something that i am also very passionate about it's just this idea of personal branding and storytelling Mm -hmm. okay okay honestly the storyteller has the power Mm. the narrator is the king right whoever tells the story is the storyteller has the power. The storyteller.
1: Right. I mean not so you remember the African proverb? Like until the lion learns to write, right? Mm-hmm. The story of the hunt will always be told by the hunter. Exactly. No. We don't really know who's good out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Only but, whoever tells the story. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I'm completely with you on that. And that's part of why I started things a lot of the things that I've done, right? B squared C so that we can tell stories from our perspective um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But anyways, yes, keep going. <laughs> we digress. Yeah.
0: No, honestly, it's so important. Like, yeah, it's so important. I, so I thought this would be a great time for me to take, to take on my storytelling you
1: set
0: mm-hmm. and use it to, to craft a meaningful story that I could, you know, take to recruiting. Right. And so what I did was I created a website where I, it was just like a, it was a personal website. It still exists. It's just anya.com. Right. It tells my personal story, my interest in fashion. Mm-hmm. And then I started blogging about the fashion tech space. Mm-hmm. And in, in creating that website, I, went through a list of really, really incredible people in the space mm-hmm. who I got connected with, you know, through just networking. And I got to talk to, I mean, CEOs, COOs of fashion tech startups, CFOs, executive directors of um, incubators in New York, fashion incubators right in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of that just... Getting a better sense of like the opportunities that are out there. This right. is actually the question of what I spent the time doing instead, you know, it was talking to people and crafting my story and presenting it in a way that right. makes sense.
1: Yeah, so you actually, I think what I, what I like about this bit is that you invested like time right in creating a tool that's going to be helpful to you in communicating to people about your story and and, and work on your brand I like that that's that's a useful way to spend your, <laughs> to spend your time. <laughs> I mean COVID we had all this time right yeah <laughs> and then you went to spend some time at a startup I understand
0: correct so I spent the last two months working at a jewelry startup in New York City mm-hmm. I was brought on by the CEO to be uh, the VP of finance and operations. Mm-hmm. What I ended up doing was ho- basically managing our wholesale mm-hmm. and building out structures around our operations. Right. And it was, it was a small startup one. Mm-hmm. It was a retail too. And then the function was operations three, right. was operations and wholesale three. So, very new to me in those three aspects. Right. But it was such an amazing learning opportunity. I got to work very closely with the CEO. She was the only person I was sort of reporting to. Right. Um, and to get, I mean, she's an She's built an amazing business over the last eight years. And to be in a position where I was building a lot of things that didn't exist before. Right. Um, I was managing people, which I hadn't really done in, to the extent that I did in the last two months. Right. Um, and I was alerting a ton mm-hmm. <laughs> so much about the space. And that, yeah. So it was a two-month sort of testing period to see if the job, the company, you know, the function all fit. Mm -hmm. both ways and um after you know after the two-month period before the two-month period yeah um, I was able to realize that operations isn't my strong suit is and where my interest lies Mm -hmm. and so like I said I'm now currently taking the time to reset and decide what I want my next steps to be and figure out what your next move is no that's um
1: that's fair. So part of your navigating a career is also finding out the things you don't like, right? Or you don't enjoy doing. It out. <laughs> it out. You know, that's not going to come back. No. Interesting. So then I would be curious to know, making all of these changes from being an engineer into being, <laughs> into being in fashion, business school, and, you know, just pursuing things that you're passionate about. You have people who have come along with you on this journey.
0: I have found that like having mentors and sponsors has made such a tremendous difference for me. Right. Um, people who have either done what, done what I want to do, they've done it already, mm-hmm. or people who I've developed a relationship with and who are now just invested in my career and my success. And these are the people that I keep in touch with once or twice a month, I'm talking to them and asking their advice and, you know, just wanting to hear what their take is. I mean, we've
1: always known that this makes a, a ton of difference, right? But a lot of women of color struggle with this. So I want to know, how have you gotten your best mentors, people you call your best mentors and sponsors right now? And how have you been managing those relationships?
0: Right. So m- There are two people right now who I consider my closest, my quote-unquote best mentors, the people that I really go to, Mm -hmm. um, to talk through any issues that I'm having in my career. And both of them, the way that I met them was via a cold email. I, yes, I emailed there's a, there's a guy who is starting his, well, he started the Supply Chain Federation, the Worldwide Supply Chain Federation. Okay. He's starting a VC firm that's investing in early stage supply chain startups. He's just a supply chain expert.
1: Okay, okay.
0: And when I was very interested in you know, reverse logistics, I was put in touch with the I was brought into knowledge about his VC. Okay. And so I sent him an email and I just asked for a time to chat and the conversation went well. I'm
1: sorry, so you just code emailed this guy? Correct. What I just sent was, him- What was in that email? <laughs> that makes a guy who's that busy reply. Like, <laughs> how does that happen?
0: Well, I so I sent him an email Saying that I had just graduated from my MBA mm-hmm. and I was interested in this space broadly. I had one or two specific supply chain questions, mm-hmm. and I just and the thing is, my goal and this was when I was in the downtime when my program in London happened. Mm-hmm. I wasn't angling for a job or trying to get anything besides literally right. conversation. I just wanted to talk to brilliant interesting people and hear what they had to say and see if they had any advice for me that was it mm-hmm. and so that was sort of the content of the email also okay. I proposed specific times of it was kind of like saying oh he, here's this email I'm anticipating that you're going to agree so here are some times at work um, I was very bold of you <laughs> um and I will say I mean I, I called emailed quite a few people and maybe like four or five people didn't respond but like everybody else actually gave me the time of day so
1: so I guess clear intent and actual interesting questions about the work that they do to show that like you know what you're talking about and I guess part of it was that you were not specifically in a time of need as well because I'm sure they get lots of people asking them for jobs (laughs) or something of that nature you know Okay, things.
0: and I think having, having specific questions because mm-hmm. to, you said this already, and you're so right. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people, my other the other person who's a really amazing mentor of mine, she's a GM of Prime Wardrobe at Amazon Fashion, mm-hmm. and I also just keep cold emailed her. Um, but I will say she's also a Wharton grad. Okay,
1: um, okay. So, so you had some. I have to
0: acknowledge that that must have you know you used your network. Correct, I used my network. But being specific, giving specific questions, it shows that you're you've been thoughtful mm-hmm. and you're not going to waste their time because people are busy. Right. Someone's 30 minutes to someone who's just going to spin around and not actually ask anything. True.
1: True. That makes sense. <laughs> I like that. Those are some good lessons for sure. <laughs> okay. So let's go back to this idea of you you called it burning ships at the dock. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so interesting right because like we said it's so unique um to to be that person because it assumes a certain i think okay again given that we've already talked about like the the idea of the brown print right, right. of like the way things are done and you other the personality trait of just like life hacking <laughs> right this is not a risk that a lot of people um in you know our type of position take like being a woman of color being an immigrant or something like that like we always look for the safe option how do you become this person
0: well i want to caveat this by saying i i mean i don't think that because i'm this person i don't you know i don't think that that necessarily makes it good or bad right okay Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it just works for for me okay and so I, I think that there are two different types of people where this where this life hacking aspect is concerned mm-hmm. um, there are people who need to have to know that there's a backup right and that is not a bad thing Warby Parker we get told this in business school the founders they all had like backup offers mm-hmm. when they were starting Warby Parker right they all, they all had like offers and I mean, look at look at their company now. Yeah. You know, but there are also people who having that backup offer would won't push them as much to commit to right company that they're saying that they want to build to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I think I fall in that other category where it's it's easy to just be like, okay, well I already have this, so like then what's the point? I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. chill. But if if I know that something's not what I want, why am I wasting my time? Right. On, why am I wasting everyone else's time? Right. And I truly believe, we say it a lot, but life is short. At the end of the day, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, what do I want to get out of life? I, right. mean, I want to contribute and I want to have fun doing mm-hmm. it. So why not? <laughs> I guess.
1: It seems very logical, but I must say you're right that that's not how it works for a lot of people, right?
0: Honestly, the, the, what's at the actual root of it is a deep-seated belief that whatever it is that I decide I want to do, mm-hmm. I'm going to be successful at it, period. Mm. It's just a matter of deciding. There is no, I'm, I will not fail at anything. Right, like how
1: could you fail? You're the girl who did chemical engineering for the heck of it because <laughs> he just wanted to show all of us how smart you are.
0: I was 18, okay, so I don't let, let's not like put too much weight into that decision making.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that throughout your story so far, we see we do see the makings of how this is your like type of decision making right (laughs) some shape or form
0: because what is really what really what really makes you want to have a safety net is fear right right Mm -hmm. that if you try this other thing it won't work so you need to have this just in case but why but what like why because
1: life i don't know (laughs) (laughs)
0: as what i have come to understand about humans and like human nature is that we are we we are always presented with choices mm. whether we feel like it or not is not that does, it doesn't change the fact that we are always presented with choices and I think it's a perspective thing more than a reality thing. Mm. Because even for me, as recently as when I was deciding on this internship, I was, and one of my mentors had to remind me, "Look, you're you're thinking about this like you're being forced to, to 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 take a job. No, you right. get to choose. If you want it, take it. If you don't, don't. It's the." We still, we always have choices and to, to not think that way is to say that you're a victim in your life when you're not, you are the creator.
1: Mm. Okay. I I'm, I'm going to need that to spend some time different. with this. <laughs> no, I love it. Good stuff. Anyakame. I love this. I love this. Okay. Let's, let's get into some more fun stuff so we can wrap this up. <laughs> Aniekem, what is your hype up song?
0: Oh, uh. My herb song is The Greatest by Sia and Kendrick Lamar.
1: (laughs) I'm going to look it up. I've never listened to that song. What three words would you use to describe yourself?
0: Three words. Outgoing, Mm -hmm. ambitious, friendly. Mm, Okay. That makes sense.
1: (laughs) That makes sense. So much great energy every time I talk to you. great no I think it does lend you well though in especially in how bold you the like how bold you have been with your choices you know about your career so you have to have this that type of personality I think
0: yeah great (laughs) okay let's wrap this up what
1: two pieces of advice do you want to leave other women of color in the corporate world out there with
0: Um, Okay. One was to not be afraid to try new things. Okay. Um, And tied to that is like treating what we think of failure as just a learning experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second is to find and maintain relationships with mentors and sponsors. Good points. That
1: makes sense. Okay.
0: Well, Anyekame.
1: I'm always terrified when I have to say your
0: phone. (laughs) You said it like four different ways. This is so sorry. It's so
1: funny. Okay, one last time. Say it. Anyekameh. There you go. Okay. (laughs) No, oh my gosh. It is such a treat to see you. Uh thank you so much for making the time for the pod i can't wait for people to hear your your story and obviously i'm rooting for you
0: thank you i appreciate
1: it let me know what uh what happens and if you need anything and please come to europe at some point
0: eh? (laughs) once the borders open up i'll be there (laughs) yes
1: Thank you so much for listening to Anya Keme's story and I hope you are as inspired by her as I am. I would love to hear your thoughts on um, the different things that Anya Kameh and I talked about. And you can come and let us know how you feel on the B2C Instagram and LinkedIn pages. Links are in the show notes as well and if you like what you heard go ahead and give this podcast five stars wherever you're listening to it from and don't forget to share it with your network lastly you can also make a small donation to help keep this podcast going in the show notes you can find a link to buy me a coffee next week i'll be reflecting on a theme or two that came out of the conversation with anya kemer until then i'm your host nancy be safe Be empowered and stay inspired.